Hey everybody, this is the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only 39 bucks a month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. For instance, the next few weeks you can hit up Avs vs. Stars, Rocks vs. Phillies, CU vs. UCLA. You can head to the Denver Fall Whiskey Festival westward feast or the big wonderful beer fest we're talking concerts beer tastings food fests comedy shows 5ks and anything else that you can imagine if it's going on in denver there's a good chance that in we go can get you in so here's where it gets good we've partnered with in we go to give bsn listeners a great deal if you go to inwego.com backslash bsn or download the app for free and use promo code bsn50 when you subscribe you get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month doesn't beat that. So if you try it, I guarantee you, you'll fall in love with it like we all did here at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. And with that, I'd like to welcome you guys into the BSN Nuggets podcast, of course, presented by Inwego the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. I'm Harrison Wind, solo edition of the pod today, as will be the case for the entirety of this week. I am in San Diego, got here Monday night. The Nuggets had their first training camp practice Tuesday morning at San Diego State University. I'll be here throughout the entire week. Into the weekend, Nuggets have their first preseason game in just a few days on Sunday against the Lakers. LeBron James's debut in a Lakers jersey will come against the Nuggets in an arena in San Diego. I'll also be here for the matchup next week against the Lakers too before getting back to Denver. But what I'm going to do on these pods, try to bring you guys inside training camp. A lot of training camp audio on these podcasts that I'll play and I'll react to. I'll also get to your questions, of course, on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline throughout this show and throughout the week as well, but a lot went on at training camp today. If you haven't been on bsndenver.com, check it out. I've got a journal from day one, which I'll try to be posting every day here from training camp about just some observations, some interesting notes, and some things I saw about Isaiah Thomas, which I'll get into a little later in the show, along with what I heard from Michael Malone, who you'll hear from in a second, but that's what this week is going to consist of me from San Diego telling you guys about what's been going on at training camp. So what I want to do first is go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. And of course, if you guys ever have questions for the show, it's the best way to get questions on the show. The Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number you need to call. If you have a question about the Nuggets at training camp, if you have a take about this team this year, I really want to hear from you guys. I can't stress that enough. All it is, it's a recording, so you just leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and leave your question. The Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. It's 1-800-BSN-8394. Let's go there right now. Our buddy Chris has a question about the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. Hey, this is Chris in Denver. Uh, my question today is about uh, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Game 82. Um, I'm sure everyone's seen the news over this uh, past week and weekend. 
Um, you know, say what you will about Michael Malone, but uh, the Nuggets are not in that place this off uh, this off season. Um, do you think the Timberwolves may have uh, may have won the game eighty two battle, but lost the longer war? Uh, just curious, your thoughts on that, and you know how uh, how harmonious things look for the Nuggets compared uh, comparatively. As always, uh, thank you for your time. Love the show. Keep up the great work, and go Nuggets. Thank you, as always, for the question, Chris. And yeah, I agree with you. It is crazy what has happened in Minnesota ever since they won that game 82. I feel bad for Timberwolves fans. I really do. Because what I remember about that game 82, obviously it was an incredible game. It was an incredible atmosphere. It was one of the loudest crowds I've ever heard in an NBA arena, standing up the entire game, twirling those white towels the whole game. An incredible atmosphere. And it was also a really high level of play throughout that entire game. That third quarter was obviously incredible from Jokic and down the stretch to uh, what a game it was. One of the best games I've ever attended or seen. Just a crazy atmosphere. But I also remember talking to a few people from Minnesota that cover the team, that are around the team and from the area. And all they could talk about is how starved that fan base was for a playoff berth. And I know a lot of Nuggets fans listening to this are desperate for that playoff berth. They're desperate to get back to the playoffs after making it 10 years in a row in the George Carl era, obviously have not made it since. But Minnesota fans, they've been dealing with that absence of a playoff series for so long. They had like a 12, 13-year drought before they made the playoffs last season. They were so desperate to do it. And of course they did in dramatic fashion in game number 82. And then ever since, it's just absolutely crumbled to pieces. Whatever they thought they had going has been decimated in the matter of a summer. I genuinely feel so bad for Timberwolves fans. Look, they're probably like, man, we have Jimmy Butler. We have Carl Towns. Who knows about Andrew Wiggins? But we're definitely going to be a solid playoff team for the next five, ten years. Man, look what has happened in only a matter of months. So it is pretty funny, and I agree with you, Chris. The Nuggets might have lost the battle in that case, but they definitely won the war. And you look at a lot of what's going on in Minnesota right now. Teammates feuding with one another. Carl Towns not seeing eye-to-eye with Jimmy Butler and vice versa. Who knows how they view Andrew Wiggins? I can't imagine Jimmy Butler is the biggest fan of Wiggins does not seem like Tom Thibodeau is really able to connect with anybody on that roster outside of Jimmy Butler, who's one of his guys. And you look at that situation in Minnesota, and and like Chris brought up, it's really the opposite of what's going on in Denver. The core of the Minnesota Timberwolves seems like they're definitely at odds with Tom Thibodeau, whereas the core of the Denver Nuggets is in lockstep with Michael Malone. I wrote about this a lot throughout the year. I wrote about this at the conclusion of the season when fans were raising questions to me about Michael Malone's job security, I was telling them not to worry about it because I didn't think he was going to get fired for a lot of reasons. But one of the big ones was his team had his back. And more importantly, the core of this team had his back. Jamal Murray, who told me earlier last season that he hoped Michael Malone was going to be his coach forever. Gary Harris, who really only has a job in this league because of Micah Malone. He was in the doghouse. He had one of the worst rookie seasons of all time for shooting guards 
Under Brian Shaw and Michael Malone trusted him. He came in and said from day one that Gary Harris, you're my starting two guard. And the rest is history there. A portion of that Gary Harris contract extension, $74 million guaranteed. Some of that's owed to Michael Malone, at least, for giving him a shot and sticking with him. And obviously, Nikola Jokic, who is a big fan of Michael Malone. And I do think Malone deserves some credit for handing the offensive reins over to Nikola Jokic, giving him the freedom to operate how he wants and building this Nuggets offense around him and trusting him to really run things here in Denver. You got those three guys who are firmly in Michael Malone's corner. You also got Will Barton, who's firmly in his corner, and a lot of guys on this roster. So it's crazy how different things seem to be going in Minnesota and in Denver. You got to think Jimmy Butler's going to be traded any day now. By the time you're listening to this podcast, he might be traded. Definitely seems like the Miami Heat are the front runner, at least from the chatter I've been hearing. So things are going in different directions. I do think the Nuggets are in a really good position. If you haven't seen it yet, I did a one-on-one interview with Nuggets president of basketball ops, Tim Connolly, at Nuggets Media Day on Monday. And I asked him a wide range of questions, everything from what has he learned on this job to things about the draft and building this core and who he actually considers in his core in Denver. And I thought it was interesting because I asked him about Will Barton and he said, yes, Will Barton is definitely part of this core. He joked with me that, hey, we paid him like he is such, so he better be. And I agree with him to an extent there. But he also really made a point to say, and this is something I agree with wholeheartedly, the guys in this locker room are really good guys. And they all get along. They have a great chemistry, which is something I've been saying on the podcast all summer long and even into last year. This is the tightest knit group of players I've been around since I've been around this team in any capacity over the last few years. And they're generally good guys. There's not a bad guy in that locker room right now. And I think that's going to be a reason why this team has a lot of success this year. Well, thanks for the question, Chris. And again, if you guys have any questions, any takes for the show, we'd love to hear from you. Hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. That's 1-800-BSN-8394. Let me go ahead and take a break real quick. And on the other side... I will dive into what I saw at training camp here on Tuesday. Got audio from Michael Malone to get to. Got audio from Nikola Jokic to get to. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. 
he's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to. And I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwigo Harrison Wind here from San Diego. Before we get on with the show, I got to tell you guys about my bookie. Because, friends, it's that time of year again. And for many sports fans, that means it's time to win some money. The most important thing I hear from fans when it comes to online betting is, how fast can I get my money after I win? That's why I'm happy to tell you about my bookie. Not only does my bookie offer the highest credit card acceptance rates, but when you win, they pay out fast, putting money in your hands right away. Here's why I suggest my bookie. First off, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. Also, my bookie pays fast. You win and they pay you right away. They also have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So if you guys join my bookie right now, they will actually match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code BSN100. You've got to use that promo code to activate the offer, BSN100. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BSN100 when creating your account to claim the bonus. Check out MyBookie. Let's dive into what happened day one of Nugget Training Camp down here at San Diego State University Pretty nice campus if you've never been down here to San Diego State. But the Nuggets are in San Diego State's practice facility. Two courts, side by side. Really nice facility. I think it was built in 2015. And obviously a lot more room than they have in Denver when they're, where there's just really one court. And that's all there is in the Nuggets practice gym. Here they got two courts, side by side. And you need more room when you're bringing 20 guys to training camp instead of the typical 15 or maybe 16 or 17 you have with you during the regular season. But that's the setup here in San Diego. Mike Malone, he's going to talk to the media every week. I'm going to play for you what he had to say after today's practice. It's about nine minutes of audio. so You can skip through it how you want, but I'm going to play it here and then react to a couple things he said. So here's what Mike Malone had to say after his first training camp practice this afternoon. <laughs> this is being brought to you by Gatorade. <laughs> sponsorships for you today, huh? I'll take whatever, whatever, whatever they give me, I'm going to take it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> There's something else. Yeah. Outer range, brew from Crystal. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. <laughs> you know, uh, I think today's first day was like every other first day I've been a part of. What I mean by that, um, the energy was great. Guys were excited to be out on the court finally uh, to start training camp. Uh, so the energy, the excitement uh, was a huge positive. But everybody tried to do too much in the first day. So it gets a little bit frenetic, gets a little bit sloppy at times. And that's to be expected. Uh, so we'll watch film tomorrow. We'll clean some things up. But I would say all in all, uh, it was a very good first practice. Um, you know, this, what's, what's, what's the kind of a common theme this year? What, what are you trying to work on the most going into the season? I mean, I, I would say a lot of things, you know, but um, as I 
told our team last night in, uh, in the meeting that we had, in the presentation that I uh, went through with them, it's no secret, Chris, that we have to be better defensively. Uh, last couple of years, uh, we have a, uh, a unique offensive identity, and we've become a premier offensive team in the NBA. It's no secret. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, there has to be buy-in, there has to be commitment, there has to be improvement. And uh, when we do that, and we do that consistently, we'll be a very dangerous team. Uh, and that's, that's my hope, is that we can really instill that in training camp. Uh, not take away from the offense, but I think if our defense improves, that will only strengthen our offense. Um, so if we can come out of here in great shape, if we can come out of here a closer and more connected team, and a team that understands the, the importance and value of defense, it will have been a great uh, training camp here in San Diego. Does the mindset feel different this year? Because you obviously guys are accepting the pressure of trying to be a playoff team this year, a playoff plus mentality. Has that changed the mindset of the guys coming in for day one? Has it felt different at all? Not at all. Uh, because our first goal isn't playoffs. Our first goal is getting better every day. And I know this may sound corny, cliche, whatever, but it's true. Uh, today, you know, I think we got better today. It was sloppy at times. It wasn't perfect, but I thought we improved as a collective unit. Now the goal is to make sure every day we continue to do that. Um, there's 30 teams out there that want what we want. Everybody's having the same day. Great first day of training camp. Great this. Great, great all season. We're all saying the same thing. The reality is only eight teams make it in the conference. So uh, for us, it has to be daily improvement, pushing each other, holding each other accountable. And if we do, do that every day, I think we'll have a chance to be a really good team by the end of the season. Paul was asked about the defense yesterday, Millsap was, um, asked if this could be you know, sort of a tough, gritty defensive team. And he said um, it has to be more of a position a position defense team. Like that's where you guys are going to make your mark. Do you, is that kind of the assessment that you would have of what you guys have to be? Or, or is there also room for added toughness on this team as well? I think anytime you can add grit and toughness, those intangibles, I think those go a long way, especially on that end of the floor. Uh, and to Paul's point, I think uh, positionally, being in the right place at the right time, uh, knowing your rotations, knowing the game plan, having discipline on that end of the floor is also just as important. So I think it's a combination. Um, you know, I, I've been part of some great defensive teams, and we didn't have the toughest guys in the world, but they knew where to be. They were very intelligent. They anticipated and then I've been around some other guys that are just, you know, uh, you know, guys that you hated playing against because of that grit and that toughness that you speak of. And I think that depends on the individual. But collectively, no matter who is on the floor, what five guys are out there, we have to find a way to be improved. Grit, positionally, whatever it may be, discipline, communication, and multiple effort are kind of the three things that we're hammering home with that end of the floor. Can you speak to just being able to hit the floor running? I mean, there's no position battles. You got a starting five that's a lot of it started, with, you know, started last year as well. There's just a lot of familiarity in how much easier that is to kind of get into a training camp and get things done. You know, it's funny. Uh, this might be the first training camp, definitely since I've been a head coach, uh, but maybe even, even as an assistant. But we went five on five scrimmage at the end of practice on day one. Um, obviously, you know, day one, you're trying to put stuff in and introduce stuff and philosophy and terminology. Well, to your point, Dempsey, I think the advantage that we have is continuity. Year four, we know each other. That's already in. And the fact that our players are so invested in this season that they were in Denver all summer. They were in Vegas. They were in Atlanta. They were back in last week of August before Labor Day. Uh, we're ahead of the curve. 
So we have hit the ground running. We are, uh, I think, probably ahead of a lot of teams just because of the continuity that we have. And I think that's a great luxury that we uh, you know, fortunately possess. Coach, thinking back to this past summer during free agency, what was kind of your first thought? What ran through your mind when you got the news that you guys resigned Will Barton? You know, I was over in, uh, I think when that happened, I was in Malaga, Spain with Wancho. Uh, and I, the week before, I was in Sombor, Serbia with Nicola. Constant communication with Tim in the front office. Uh, but my first reaction was relief. Uh, I knew that, you know, there was a chance that Will Barton could have gone elsewhere. There was a lot of teams interested in him that were willing to offer him big money. Uh, so when I found out that he decided to stay with us, it was a huge relief. I was in constant communication with him the whole time, letting him know how important uh, he was to me and to this team and to our future. And the fact that he made that decision, I think, uh, was a relief for all of us, and I'm, and I'm thankful that he's back. What's his voice like inside the locker room, you know, before games, halftime, you know, in practice settings? Like, how, how big of a voice does he have with these guys? It's growing. I'd say he has a growing and changing voice. You know, uh, when I first got here, uh, you know, this team has changed quite a bit. You know, think of all the guys that have come and go, uh, come and gone, rather. Uh, but I, I think Will is one of those guys that is finding his voice, getting comfortable with his voice, and not afraid to use it. I thought he did a great job today in practice of being vocal, uh, you know, with his teammates on defense. You know, um, Tim joked yesterday at the press conference, there's Will Barton and there's Thrill. And, you know, uh, when you join that starting lineup, we need Will Barton to be Will Barton. That's not time for Thrill. Uh, you know, he's got to buy in and do all the little things and be disciplined. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited that he's here. Uh, it, it's great to see him growing into a leader and using his voice. And hopefully all the other guys can do that as well. What are your what do you want to say? You know, uh, my goals for him are to be uh, an, an even better defender, first and foremost. Uh, you know, he's never going to be the elite shot blocker, but I think he can be an unbelievable position defender, uh, be in the right place in the right time, be the anchor of our defense. Um, offensively, I want him to continue to uh, be the player that he is. We play through him for a reason, but he's got to cut down on his turnovers a little bit and valuing the basketball a little bit more. And then just uh, overall, uh, another young guy that is the face of our franchise that has to get comfortable being a leader, handling adversity. So a lot of it his is off the court. And to me, he's shown tremendous growth in the last couple of years as we continue to talk about his growth as a player, as a leader, and as a young man. And uh, obviously, we feel pretty fortunate that he's here, and that's why we signed him to the uh, to the big contract. Well, I think we're one of the uh, most exciting teams in the NBA to watch. I mean, uh, you know, we talk about our team and our and our identity, trying to be a team that defends and rebounds at a high level. That will allow us to get out and run with discipline, and we got to value and share the basketball. Those are things we talk about all the time. But if you're just an average fan, uh, we are a team that is really unselfish, that plays up tempo. Uh, but plays the game the right way. You're not going to see uh, 17 dribble possessions with one-on-one -on -one iso. The ball's going to move. Uh, and we got guys that genuinely care for each other. And I, you can see it. I can say it, but I think you as a fan, when you watch us play, you can see us on the floor, the way we play, that they're really invested in each other. And that we don't play just with each other, we play for each other. And I think that's a huge difference. Well, we've had one practice, and... Uh, and I talked to Isaiah before practice. And he said, what do you need from me, coach? And I said, listen, right now you can't do all that stuff on the court. That's not the only reason we're here. I need you to be 
involved in practice. I need you to pull Jamal and Monta to the side and tell them what you see. Uh, and I need you to be a leader. And he was all that and then some in practice, number one. Uh, he's Sometimes he's going to be a hype machine, get everybody hyped up. Sometimes he's going to be the guy talking smack. But one thing I know for sure, Isaiah Thomas is never going to be quiet. And I don't want him to be quiet because he does a great job of being a vocal presence for this group. And I think that's sorely needed. So there's what Michael Malone had to say after the Nuggets' first training camp practice at San Diego State. Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, whatever you want to call it. The first thing I want to talk about is what he said towards the beginning of his little press conference after day one of training camp. Look, throughout the league, you've probably seen this if you were monitoring Twitter today or whatnot. You're going to see a lot of the same kinds of stuff come out of training camp over these first couple days. The energy was great. The excitement was there. We had a lot of intensity. Everybody was flying around at practice today, a little out of control, but that's what to be expected. That's what every coach is going to say on day one. I got news for you. If the energy wasn't great and the excitement wasn't there on day one of practice, you're probably in for a long year. Also, everybody's going to say this was a good practice today because it probably was. Again, if your coach is going to come out and say, we did not have a good first day of practice, you're probably in for a long season. Also, another thing you're going to hear at a lot of training camps throughout the league, defense is going to be the focus like it is for the Nuggets, like it was for the Nuggets last year, like it probably is for every team in the league, even the Warriors, even the Rockets. Every team focuses on defense in training camp. It's a coaching principle. It's coaching 101. You instill defensive pillars first, then your offense follows. That's what the Nuggets are trying to do at training camp. That's what every team throughout the league is trying to do at training camp. Something else that was really interesting, and this goes to a question that Chris Dempsey asked Malone here on Tuesday at the Nuggets' first training camp practice. He mentioned that there's a lot of continuity with this team. Everybody kind of knows their roles. We know who the starting five is. We know pretty much what this bench rotation looks like. Granted, Isaiah Thomas isn't healthy right now, who I'll get to in a second, but we know what the situation at point guard is. We know who's coming off the bench on the wings. Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, Juan Charanon Gomez. We know Trey Lyles is the backup four. We know Mason Plumlee is your backup center. There's a lot of clarity, and that wasn't the case Last year, last year, there was a three-way battle for the starting point guard between Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moody, and Jameer Nelson. This year, it's the opposite of that. Last year, there was a battle to see who would be this team's backup power forward between Trey Lyles and Kenneth Reed. This year, that's Trey Lyles' job, and the Nuggets are such big fans of Trey Lyles. Michael Maloney even said at Media Day they might try playing him some at small forward. So there's... A lot of continuity from last year to this year. Everybody in this rotation is returning. Pretty much except for Devin Harris, backup point guard for half the season, or Emmanuel Moutier, the backup point guard for half the season, depending on how you want to look at that, and Wilson Chandler. So there's a ton of continuity, and their roles are pretty settled. And what that has allowed to, the Nuggets to do here, obviously it's only been one day of training camp, but it's allowed them to kind of be a step ahead. 
you heard Michael Malone say there that for the first time in his head coaching career, and for what he thinks might be the first time in his entire coaching career, his guys scrimmaged five on five to close practice. And that might seem like kind of a throwaway line, but I think it's very significant because it proves that this Nuggets team, there's a lot of clarity when it comes to who's going to be playing, who's not going to be playing, what kind of style they're going to be playing on offense and what kind of style they're going to be playing on defense. They're not really installing a bunch of new philosophies or new play calls or anything like that. They know what they're doing because they did it last year. And really everybody on this roster, really everybody who's practicing right now for the most part, played last season or, and this is the really important part, or was in Atlanta for Paul Millsap's voluntary minicamp or has been in Denver for the past two, three, four weeks in the lead up to training camp. I spoke about this on Monday's show and shows last week, but this group of guys has been playing together for like a month now in Atlanta, in Denver. Player development coach John Beckett, who is tight with a lot of these guys, has been running the off-season workouts at Pepsi Center all summer. These guys have been around. This isn't the first time they're rolling the ball out and everybody's playing together. They've been playing together, this group of guys. These top 10, 11, 12, 13 guys have been playing together for the last month. That puts the Nuggets ahead of the eight ball compared to where a lot of teams are. That goes back to the chemistry this group has, and that goes back to the two things I just spoke on, the continuity with this roster from last year to this year, and the clarity that they have at really every position, obviously the starting five and really most of what's going on on the bench. So the Nuggets are obviously further ahead of where they were at this point last year when they were trying to integrate Paul Millsap, and I know Paul Millsap only played 44 games last year, but even playing those 44 games how he can play with Nikola Jokic now, the chemistry those two have now, even with only 44 games under their belts, where for half of those Paul Millsap was playing with only one hand, it's leaps and bounds ahead of where they were at this point last year, entering training camp, never having really played a minute together before. And you heard Michael Malone say a couple things about how they're trying to install this defensive culture. Like I said, every team's trying to do that now, but... The Nuggets already know what they're trying to do on defense. Everybody on this roster knows what they're trying to do on defense because it's the same thing they did last year. The stuff Michael Mullen has talked about in the lead-up to this year, what he said at Media Day, what he said in a couple different radio interviews he's done, some of what he said today, and I'll get into this later in the week, but they want to play a more aggressive style of defense where they're up the floor more, where they're into their men more, where they're trying to force more steals, force more turnovers, play more aggressively when defending the pick and roll. A lot of the things they talked about before last season, and we saw for the first 16 games of the year or so, and then Paul Millsap got hurt. And then all those plans went out the window. And the Nuggets didn't feel that without Paul Millsap, without their defensive traffic hop, they could keep playing that style of defense. So what they were trying to do at the beginning of last year, they're also doing at the beginning of this year. They've already you know, put in, they've already installed this game plan before. So they are well ahead of where they were a year ago on both ends of the floor. Obviously, they know what they're doing on offense and they know what they're doing on defense because they're installing the same 
philosophy now and running through the same things now that they ran through at this time last year. So I think the Nuggets are in a good spot right now. The continuity they have, the roster clarity they have, the amount of time these guys have already been playing together this summer is really going to pay off for them. It's another reason why I think they'll get off to a great start this year, separate from the schedule being real home-heavy to start. And you might notice that the Nuggets aren't running two-a-days this year at training camp, at least on their schedule right now. They don't have any two-a-days planned. That's different in years past. And one team official told me that was because a lot of these guys are already in shape. And they don't necessarily need to work themselves into shape like a lot of NBA players do at training camp. And that goes back to the fact that a lot of these guys, the top 10, 11, 12, 13 guys have been in the gym at Pepsi Center going through organized stuff for weeks now. And I will tell you that is very rare. Going back to Chris's question about the Timberwolves, Leading up to training camp, nobody from Minnesota, nobody from the core of that team was in Minnesota. It's night and day compared to what was going on in Denver in the lead up to training camp. The last thing I want to give some context on when it comes to what Malone was talking about there, he had a couple interesting comments about Isaiah Thomas, and this is what I'd let off my journal with today on bsndenver.com about day one of training camp. Isaiah Thomas's impact... Even though he's not practicing right now, even though the Nuggets or him have not said when they hope to have him back on the court by, he has a very large presence at training camp. And it was the first thing I noticed. Towards the end of practice today, things were wrapping up. And on one of the courts, Jared Vanderbilt was getting up some shots. Jared Vanderbilt also injured. I don't believe he's doing much at practice like Michael Porter Jr. is not doing much at practice these days. But Isaiah Thomas was working with him on his shooting form. And it immediately popped out to me. Here's Isaiah Thomas, a guy who finished fifth in MVP voting last year. Here's Isaiah Thomas, a guy who's been in the All-Star game. And on the first day of practice, first day of real organized practice, He's working with a second-round pick from this summer, a guy who's been a part of this Nuggets organization for just a month longer than he has, just a few months here. Of course, he was only drafted in June, and he's working with them on a shooting form. Both those guys are lefties. It seemed like Thomas was giving some tips to Vanderbilt about keeping his elbow in. I just thought that was very interesting for those two to interact like that, and I think that speaks to the impact Thomas is having on this team already. Something else that speaks to that is after he got done chatting with Vanderbilt, he walked over to the near hoop closest to where a lot of us were congregated on the sideline or the baseline. If you're looking at the two courts that are going North and South, we are on the South end per se. And Monte Morris is wrapping up his, practice his workout he's going around the arc shooting threes you know probably shooting about 33s around the entire arc moving a few feet to his left from the top of the key down to the corner with each shot he takes and Isaiah Thomas is trailing him the whole time watching very closely watching very diligently every shot Monte Morris is taking and after he's done 
He goes over and talks to him, gives him some advice, tells him what he's seeing, uh, gives him some encouragement. He did the same for Xavier Silas, one of the training camp invites on this Nuggets roster, who went right after Monte Morris. And this doesn't apply to Silas, who's just in Denver for a training camp deal. But when speaking about Monte Morris, this is the guy who's going to step up as the Nuggets backup point guard if Isaiah Thomas doesn't play Sunday against the Lakers in the Nuggets preseason opener, which I wouldn't expect him to. And that kind of goes back to what Michael Malone was saying, how he had a conversation with IT before practice here on Tuesday and said, yeah, you can't really do a lot on the practice court, but we need you to still help this team out. And Isaiah Thomas is certainly doing that. And after the break, I'm going to get to Nicole Jokic's comments here. And he also spoke about how IT is a big cheerleader for this team right now, and he's having an impact, even though he's not able to practice. So let's go ahead and take another break. And on the other side, I will get to what Nicole Jokic had to say here at training camp. I'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to BSNbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's BSNbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets Podcast present by in we go the subscription that can get you into almost any event in denver i'm harrison wind of course let's hear what nikola Jokic had to say after day one of training camp yeah it seemed like with that last week you're way more aggressive on like, that's what i carry forward this season oh yeah why not i mean whatever is good for my team i'm gonna do that so if that means being aggressive i'm gonna do that i mean i show myself that i can do that so if that, was, it was, if that is what I need to do, I'm going to do that. So. What's the next step for you? What are you trying to add at this point? Is there anything in particular? I mean, for me especially, I mean, personally, I want to be All-Star. Uh, for team, I want to make a championship. So that's the goal. I, uh, I think, of course, there's a kind of smaller goal to that big goal, but... I think those are two big goals for me. Being that you want to be an all-star, what are the small goals and the steps you want to take to get to that point? Uh, every practice, every game, every quarter, every, every possession matters. Uh, uh, that's not just about me, it's about my teammates. Uh, I trust them, they need to trust me. Uh, community, com- uh, communication with them, I mean, a little bit of everything, to be honest. On and off the court, so... If this team is to improve defensively, how... What has to change? What has to get better? Uh, communication, trust, um, don't give up on any play. 
uh, make them work, you know, make them make them work for every, uh, every basket. How much do you expect that that is going to be? All these things are going to be worked on I mean, during the course of training camp. We're we are young, but they, we, we cannot have excuses with anything. We are young, so we are ready to go. So. Your new teammate, teammate Isaiah, is still a little limited in terms of basketball. He, he was pumped up today. He was like, he didn't work out. Like he was in the, uh, he didn't play. Was with a team, but he was in the sideline, really pumped up. He was training and he was talking. Some words I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but to that point, like, is there any way that you guys can use this time to build chemistry with him, even though he can't really play at full speed? Oh yeah, I mean, look, at, I mean, you can see right now he's he's always teaching the guys, especially the young guys. He always trying to help someone because he was in the top. He was in the top. He was the top player. He he averaged a 30 in one moment. So you know, the, the, it's not. Uh, it's, there's not a player that uh, actually can do that, you know. How much play with Paul? Oh, I, I think I, uh, no, I think I learned I, I learned a lot of uh, from Paul. Um, just uh, taking my time, but be patient. Uh, kind of learn the game and make make opponents go your your way. You know, so you don't need to be in a hurry. So. A lot, a lot. Yeah, Tim was telling me Paul kind of was me to shoot more at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, he just he just told me just go, don't get. I I kind of tried to, I kind of tried to. He was injured, he was injured, so I want to kind of bring him back. Yeah. You know, not to bring him back, just to give him a little bit more they ball. Get the comfortable. Get comfortable, yeah. Uh, and uh, he in one moment he just say go 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 play your game. So. Does your confidence change on defense, knowing that Millsap's there, sort of watching your back? He's so good at that. No, no, no. I think, I think that's my, my confidence, especially because he's a, he's a little, he's like a panther over there. You know, he he can jump, he can defend, he he's, he can get. I mean, he's a really good defensive player. He's a really good two-way player. So, uh, to, to have someone on your behind you, it's it's really really good thing. So Jokic had some interesting comments there. He reinforced what I had just said about Isaiah Thomas, how he's been a huge cheerleader for this team through just one training camp practice. And it is just one training camp practice, but that's the same type of things I've been hearing throughout the past couple weeks. Isaiah Thomas has been really vocal. I have a feeling he's going to become one of the leaders on this team if he's playing or not. And he's going to be a huge voice in the locker room. All season long. He's a guy on this team who's not going to be afraid to say anything to anybody at any time. And I don't know if that's something the Nuggets had last season. So he's going to be really valuable in that respect. The other thing Nikola Jokic said there, which I thought was really interesting. And a lot of people have been talking about this here Tuesday afternoon. It's that he says he wants to be an all-star and that he wants to then help the Nuggets win the championship. And it's not a crazy thing for... A lot of players out there to say, you'll probably hear Will Barton say similar stuff like that. Really, everybody in this league has goals of being an all-star and winning the championship. But for Nicole Jokic to say that, I think that's pretty notable because he's never a guy to really say those type of things. And it's funny he said it today because yesterday, 24 hours ago at media day, when asked about the prospects of making the all-star game he said it wasn't a goal of his and he turns around today and says it is so who really knows what that I asked him about it last year I didn't think there was a real chance of him making the all-star game and he kind of said something in between like I'd love to make it and 
It'd be really cool for my country. It'd be really cool for my family. But we know him as a guy who's just about team success. But what I'm getting at is that he's starting to realize, and I think it's starting to click for him, that individual success for him, for Nikola Jokic, is probably going to equal team success for the Denver Nuggets. And accolades for him, Player of the Week awards for him, Player of the Month awards for him, All-Star appearances for him, is probably going to mean the Denver Nuggets are a pretty damn good team. And maybe that started to click in his head just a bit. I don't think that clicked last year. He's a guy who's only concerned about wins, and that's the beauty about him. He's not worried about stats. He's not worried about points or rebounds. Maybe he's worried about assists. (laughs) But he's definitely not worried about points or how many shots he gets. He's only concerned about wins. He notably said last season that he'd rather have an assist to a teammate than score a bucket on his own. Assists make two people happy. Scoring only makes one person happy. And maybe it's starting to click that he's realizing, hey, you know, if we play to my strengths, if I have a big game, that's probably going to mean we do pretty well as a team. And I think he's probably remembering back to last year in the end of last season where he was playing at this elite all-NBA level and the team was playing really well around him. You guys probably know this by now. I think Nicole Jokic is going to make an all-star game this year. I think he's going to have an enormous year. I believe that this year, and this is one of my hot takes about this season, I think from a pure counting stats standpoint, this could be the biggest year in Nikola Jokic's career. Not just his career to this point, but possibly the biggest counting stats he'll ever put up in his NBA career. And I say that because he's going to be surrounded with guys who really play to his strengths in a system that's totally built around him and on a team that I know Michael Malone will try to instill defensive philosophies. I know they will put a big effort in to improving their defense, and I think they can improve their defense, but let's be honest. This is a team who, if they're going to have a lot of success this season, if they're going to make the playoffs this year, it's probably going to be on the back of their offense, and everything's tailored around Nikola Jokic. The three guards that are next to him in the starting lineup, they all play so well to his strengths, and I've spoken about this so many times, I probably sound like a broken record, but everything in my mind is setting up for Nikola Jokic to have a great year, and further on in his career, he might be a more efficient player, maybe Denver might win more games or whatnot, but I think he might have the ability this year to put up, say, 23 points. 11 rebounds, 7 assists, a stat line like that, that would definitely be an all-star worthy stat line, probably an all-NBA worthy stat line as well. I think he has the ability to put up a year like that and because of how this team is built around him and because of the success he had last year, I think he's going to parlay that into a really strong start to the year. I think that's all I got to say on this edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. If you guys have a question for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. That's 1-800-BSN-8394. It's the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. The best way to get your question on the show. If you don't want to call, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll include that question on the show as well. 
Thanks for listening, guys. I'll be back with another episode on Wednesday. Talk with you then.